Hello everyone, welcome back to a special edition of the Luton Town Supporters Trust podcast. Uh, regular listeners will know by now I'm Kev. I'm joined by James and Tony. Chaps, how are you doing? You good? Yeah, good Kev, okay, thank good, you. Good. Excellent. Uh, the reason why this is a special edition is because there's been an awful lot of things happening in the world of Luton Town in the last week or so. And, um, you know, there's been sort of bits and pieces dotted around on social media of sort of um, comments and things that, as the fans' representatives, we want to get cleared up. So to do that, we have invited the town chief executive officer, Gary Sweet, and the general operations manager, Paul Watson, onto the podcast. And we're delighted that both have given up some of their time. Chaps, thanks for joining us. Um, Pleasure. We will cover the the three kind of main issues, really, um, of the week. If that's okay, obviously the test event news which came out uh, on Wednesday, and then the three counties and a bit of I follow um, stuff that sort of preceded that. So um, let's get cracking straight away, Gary. If I can come to you first, can you give us a kind of timeline on how the sort of test event thing played out? You know, uh, I think you was requested to submit an application, weren't you? If you could go from there through to uh, the club statement that came out on Wednesday. That would be grand. Sure, yeah. Um, around um, midday on Tuesday, it's probably actually safe to say that, that I think I think we've been um, we've been really eager to make sure that we're ready <laughs> for for this eventuality. You know, we we haven't. It's not been a guaranteed uh, certainty that we'd be asked to do this, but but we've we've been ready. I mean, we've had our um, our sort of you know, return for supporters protocols set um, as a generic form for some time that that um, that has been uh, approved by our local safety advisory group. And so, a little bit of background here is, is you know, for those people that don't know, the safety advisory group, um, the SAG, we we call them. Um, they're a group of council officers plus police um, plus. Um, members of, you know, fire, ambulance, etc. All of the safety elements that, uh, and obviously people at the club that are responsible for, for the safety of, um, of public events, but plus also um, uh, for, uh, for members of Sports Ground Safety Authority, um, which is um, an important um, body in the UK that, that writes the Green Guide. It effectively establishes the um, the foundation for all public events in in sports stadia. So, um, so all of that is, is, is effectively that's the backdrop. We, we've had that um, pretty much agreed in generic form. Whenever um, it was going to turn into reality, um, clearly what that needed to, to be to be done. So, for example, you know we're talking about one thousand people specifically. We never knew the number before that, um, and that will require some tweaking of that. You know of, of that those pro- set of protocols. So we we then quickly, as soon as we got an email which which arrived from the football league um, on Tuesday around midday, um, we I think we saw it just after midday. Within half an hour, we'd had a, had a, an ops meeting and decided that that we'd like. To, there were three questions we asked actually. Would we like to do it? Well, of course we would because you know football is about supporters and it is you know it's, it's a game that revolves around supporters without supporters what what's it become and so we yeah of course the, the desire to do it was was absolutely there um 
second thing is were we able to do it physically yeah and we decided that we, with a push we could and the third thing is could we get the support of the um, uh, of all of the the safety authorities um, and that's not just the SAG but also the police for example separately mm-hmm. um, and enough the football league would need to need to support that that case and then DCMS Public Health England would need to support that because there are other things to consider as well within this, which is actually, for example, the dynamic um, uh, numbers of of uh, cases in in Luton actually, and also in this part of Luton um, that are really relevant to that. They will they will effectively form a sensitivity on our risk assessment in in all of this, which actually we're not in control of, of course. Right, so we don't even know. Um, so, so actually, that just forms an overall part of the the, the engagement we'd need to have with those other bodies. Um, so we decided, um, and by just shortly after one o'clock, we let the football league know that we would like to take part. We'd like to be one of those pilot clubs, and uh, and we so we we put our name forward, but only on the basis that we 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 could get an early response from them an early decision from them because we stated that that there was an awful lot of physical work to to be done in order for us to ensure the health and safety of everybody attending and those around the ground um so otherwise to to, to, i think everybody pretty much knows the rest i mean we we chased the football league um uh several times that same day and and i i put out an email in the morning to um, to the football league that basically stated that unless we really heard by by return we'd have to withdraw uh purely because there wasn't enough hours in the in the number of days we had um to 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 get everything ready um we didn't hear and in fact the next thing we heard really from the football league was actually you know that the pub press release they put out so uh clearly they hadn't seen our email then so they had responded to our email and this i'm not going to shoot the football league here because you know this this is you know yes they should have responded to us and they should have seen that we were we were effectively withdrawn by the time they um they'd put out their statement um you know but everyone's operating on a bit of a skeleton staff at the moment it's maybe not an excuse but you know we um we get it. It's just so unfortunate that that came out um, for me and and effectively heightened the expectations of our supporters and gave them some false hope um, when when already we'd um, we decided we couldn't do it. Yeah, from a sort of um, you know long term finance point of view, obviously getting fans back in the the stands in, in the in Kenilworth Road is is paramount. Um. How, how important was it to be one of those first teams to get them in and um, sort of how much will that affect that going forward? It's a starting point, obviously. But It's really interesting that, James, the question, there's two, two questions you've asked there. It's number one about the fun. Um, for this week, on the, with those 1,000 people, it would have cost us money. We wouldn't have got any more income. So we wouldn't be able to sell beer. Um, so the only the only area of additional income we could get would was, would, would be with with effectively drink and food. Um, we we can't charge you know we're not going to go out and charge supporters you know the price of a ticket when we've got seven thousand season ticket holders are we? So so it would only be season ticket 
ticket holders that are coming. So we've already effectively got that income. Yeah. So it, we're not talking about this wasn't a commercial decision. This is a responsible decision. So we, you know, we've got a duty because we, we have a contract with 7,000 people that, are, that have bought season tickets, nearly 7,000, that bought season tickets. We've got a contract with them that says that we've got to provide that service. Now, so for us, it's really, really important that we were, um, I don't care about other clubs in all honesty, you know, but we, we were, we were able as far as we possibly could to, to start the process of fulfilling that contract with, even if it was a thousand people as quickly as we possibly could. There's a, there's a real responsibility that we've got to those people. And, and so we wanted to be there from day one. Yeah, really, we really, really did, but we can only do that if, if we, if we know we can, we can do it efficiently and safely. Yeah. Um, the other part of your question was, is, is, you know, just talking about those other clubs is that we, we're quite happy to take that responsibility on behalf of football, because when we, when you go out and do this, this is a part of the reason also why we, we kind of pulled back on it um, and withdrew at that time, because we absolutely knew how much time we need. And Paul can talk a little bit about the, some of the things, the elements people might, might be saying, that's three, four days of what, you know, why do you need that amount of time? when you might have had six months to prepare and everything. We haven't had quite six months to prepare, but the three or four days were really necessary and Paul can tell you about that. But um, but we, 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 we wanted to be a, um, a trailblazer in this, we, you know, because the way we've operated just behind closed doors in a difficult environment um, uh, has been exemplary, I have to say. You know, our staff here know what they're doing. And so we were really confident that we could do that. And we really wanted to, um, because when, when these games get played, I think there's now, is it seven now left? I think these games get played on Saturday. They've got to be really successful. Yeah. We can't have any issues <laughs> that from the, because otherwise we're not going to be able to, 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 to think about Wickham. If, if these games are, you know, if you get a little mini spikes, of, of infection cases shortly after in those regions, for example, afterwards, or if we, you know, or, or if those games don't go, um, don't go smoothly and safely in terms of their operation, we've got an issue here. Yeah. Everyone's got an issue. Football's got an issue. So we were quite looking forward to being a bit of a, a trailblazer for football and, and, and doing it properly. Does that answer your question? Yeah. It's interesting there about the, the thousand, because obviously it's a, it's a starting point, but, do you have a sort of an indication of how many fans would need to be back in the ground for you to start, you know, turning it, turning things around financially? Well, 7,001. I mean, you know, <laughs> if I think nobody is going to, to complain, you know, if, um, if you're not a season ticket holder and you're only allowed um, 7,000 people in, it's only season ticket holders that are going to get that get access to our, our stadium. I'm really I have to apologise to everybody else who really wants to come, but these are difficult decisions we've got to make. Yeah, within that seven thousand, we'd include not just season ticket holders, um, but um, but also uh, um, executive members who are effectively executive season ticket holders and also sponsors, right? So, um, so it's those people that are, that are effectively wedded to the club annually that are given their commitment for, for, to, to our 
club annually and their cash that's keeping us alive now right so that that would be the loyalty that we would show i'll um I'll bring this over to Paul then. Um, Paul, let's talk about the logistics of this because obviously the world has changed since we last, since fans were last at Kenworth Road. We're now in this COVID-19 world. Just how much red tape has to be passed through in order to host any kind of football match with fans? Yeah, I mean, it's a huge amount and it's not really been done before. So as Gary said, when we're trying to lead the way, there's only a few clubs and a few sporting events that have happened um, certainly successfully in, in the last few months. Um, but make no mistake, we're, we're really trying hard to, to get through the red tape. The, the documents and policy drafting and the sign-off from, you know, from the, the chief exec, Gary, and the board, um, the EFL, it, it's kind of an ongoing live document that you know, we can't get sign-off today for a game in six weeks' time because we don't know where not only the country is going to be in six weeks in, in as opposed to uh, with with infection rates, but where, you know, where Luton is going to be, if there's going to be a spike in Luton or not. So it's it's a real, um, you know, it's, it's a constantly a, a, an evolving process that we can't almost, we can only pre-plan so much of it. And then everything else really, which is the main bulk of works, it's got to be done within the kind of 72 hours before before a game. Hence why it ended up being too tight for this Saturday. So, I mean, clearly this is, I mean, a thousand fans coming in for sort of a pilot test. This isn't like a thousand fans turning up for an FA Trophy game back in the day, is it? You know, this isn't just a case of open a couple of turnstiles, let everyone through, let them sit in the main stand and crack on. What's the kind of biggest challenges that everyone's going to face in order to have have fans back in the ground, you know, I mean, are we talking sort of choosing which fans can come in, or is it like logistics inside the ground where we're in there? What kind of challenges are we faced with? I think all of the above. Um, it would be a lot easier if they said you can have every season ticket holder in, and then there would be no no choice because you know we we want all our season ticket holders in first and foremost. But see, you you know Kenilworth Road, uh, and you guys know better than, than anyone. It, it's almost like four individual stadiums when you look at the four stands, um, as opposed to, to a, a, a newer built stadium where the concourses are, are, are pretty much the same across all four. So, you know, the, the, the you know, we're, we're even going from before you get into the ground, you know, we're, we're being challenged on the transport links, the car parking, um, you know, from literally leaving your house, the areas that you go through, to, to get to the stadium, are they in any, you know, is there a spike within the area where, you know, where you're going to park, how are you going to get in the ground? And then obviously coming into the ground, you know, the, the facilities, the sanitising stations, um, you know, the toilets, food. Like I say, we're dealing with almost four separate stadiums with four stands. You know, what protocols and, and safety measures have we put in place? Now, it, it's it's... It's difficult, obviously. It's not impossible because we're, we're working and we made real good progress on it. But every um, every food outlet is different. Every toilet entrance and exit is different. Uh, and, you know, when you come in, we want you to feel safe. We want you to feel socially distanced to the appropriate level. Um, and, we, you know, we, we want you to, to, to know the way in and know the way out, you know, um, 
so you, so before you enter, it's safe and you're happy to do so. You know, there's a lot of things. It's all right us doing the work, but you know, it's the fans that have to feel comfortable with what we've done as well. Not just the safety advisory groups and the local council and the EFL. The fans have got to feel comfortable as well. One of the things as well here is is actually even you know, we, we've got a stadium that's 115 years old here. So so actually, if we were in power court now, I think we'd probably be still going ahead with it because it'd be so much easier. You know, there'd be we'd have bigger concourses, we'd have more toilets, we'd have you know more space around the environment itself. Um, there'd be a shorter distance between public transport, um, you know, and the stadium. We'd have more car parking. Yeah. So, you know, car parking is one thing, for example, you know, what one or two people have asked me, why, how is it other clubs can get this on and, and you know, and we can't. Well, you know, if you're Middlesbrough and you've got a thousand car parking spaces just right outside the front door, you can have a thousand people drive up and just walk straight in. We can't do that. So we have to start a process of like, where are our support? Where are those thousand supports going to come from? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, as we almost eventually get to a stage where we might have two or three thousand, that might be part of the consideration because we wouldn't want everybody coming from the same direction. You know, things like this. Um, so how you know how people travel is a, a real crucial part in terms of the SAG giving their approval for this. Um, and uh, you know, clearly, what, what what we need to do is to to, to ensure as well that people could. Um, could arrive at differing times just to spread all of that out. So an awful lot to consider, really is an awful lot to consider. Gary, can, can I ask you, um, with this, it seemed to me that when the uh, you've got notification from the EFL, um, it did, as you said, it didn't really give you a lot of time. Had, had you already decided if you were going to go ahead with it, what supports you were going to let in because I, I understand about sponsors and uh, stakeholders, as you say, or, or is that something you still have to address about? Yeah, well, you uh, know the answer to that to because we asked you, right? So, yeah. <laughs> so we, we, one of the things we did straight away was consult supports trust um, on two yeah. things, on, on our, our methodology of how we would select the 1,000 um, and and whether we could get some volunteers to help with, with things like cleaning the seats. Um, you know, before before we get active, and um, and you know, as ever, our supporters, fantastic supporters, trust. I'm not just saying this now, but I mean they're always yeah. very very willing uh, to help in that way. And and you know, you agreed with the proposal that we put forward, didn't you? It, yeah. Nothing is perfect, and this is the problem that when we, you know, if we have to select any number below seven thousand, um, somebody's going to be you know, going to be upset, and, and we have to apologise for that. Um, but it is beyond our control. So we, we were going, what we were going to do this this time around was select the 1,000 season ticket holders um, that that had their that had their season ticket for the longest period of time, effectively the longest serving. Um, it, I think I think we had to treat this as, as a reward number one, but number two and a, and a one off. Yeah, it's not necessarily saying that they would always get into every game that we were able to be op- open. It, would, it might change on a, on a regular basis to make sure everybody got a fair share once we got going. But just for this pilot of 1,000, we also had to have a methodology where, um, uh, where we could select that 1,000 pretty quickly because one of the, the, the challenges we, we, we would have had here is, is we couldn't start, we couldn't have gone to people, gone to um, to our supporters and said, uh, you know, you can come in on Saturday for them. I only say, well, actually, I'm busy going, sh- going shopping or I'm, 
uh, or I, you know, I, I, I don't feel comfortable to go because I'm in a risk category or, you know, or whatever. So I think there had to be a, a fairly quick way of getting those supporters in because if you, if you effectively say that they are broadly, I mean, not, not specifically, of course, but broadly our thousand most loyal supporters, um, then they're going to be a bit more committed and they're going to be a bit more compliant. And actually this was another point in that um, they would be more likely to, um, I say behave, but to follow guidelines a bit and, and to follow follow instruction. And that was an important part of getting SAG on board with with um, with us going forward. Okay. But, uh, so you, just just confirm, Tony, supports trust did, did actually support that notion. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Now, I think the only downside to that was it, it may be, um, it, it may have. Um, Unfortunately, um, put some younger supporters, um, you know, kept those out on Saturday. But this is just for the first game. Uh, we, we never want to isolate any any sector of our supporters. And we were even thinking about how we may be able to have included some of our younger supporters within that, um, particularly if, if they were in the same family bubbles. What happens now in terms of getting fans back into Kenworth Road? Do you sort of have, do you have to apply for another test event, or do you just see how the ones go this weekend? What's the what's the process? Well, I think I think uh, the games that go ahead this weekend have got to be successful. Um, I I think that the, we are communicating with the football league. We've had, actually had some feedback today. We um, and. There's already a questionnaire. I think they've they've kind of come out and um, to us here and, and and said that they want to prepare sooner for the next event. Um, hopefully, that it's not too too uh, too far away. So we have there's a questionnaire that they've put out to all clubs where um, we're responding to that right now. I've got it about half an hour before this this uh, this this podcast. So. Um, so we are engaging with the football league on when that could happen. So we, like, we're, we're hopeful that it will be it'll be a Wickham game. So. Does it feel like there's some light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak, in terms of getting crowds back? I mean, did you sort of did you had you factored in how long you might be able to go without fans? Um, we'd never, nobody ever really thought it was going to be this long, and, and um, you know, where, when uh, when it all broke. Um, going back six months ago, you know, we we were hopeful that you know we'd have a, a perfect beginning to the beginning of the season and, and let everybody in, of course. But you know, as as time went on, that that became a little bit more distant, and um, and we're dealing with it on a pretty much on a day to day, week to week basis at the moment because, it, it, as you can see out there, it's an ever changing picture. You know, we're not in control of most of this. You know, we you know, it, it's, it's it's Public Health England and DCMS that are actually controlling the po protocols or so the necessary protocols, but the um, the basis upon which clubs can operate, um, you know, and when we can when we can um, uh, allow supporters back in. So, um, so we is it, it's just a, for us it's just a waiting game. But we just we can't wait. We we you know us fortunate members of staff here um, and operators that have had to um, come together you know the, the experience is is not right it, it doesn't it feels like you're watching a training game and, and that's not right you know and play the play we speak to our players and coaches Paul you know this you speak to you speak to them as well and, and what I think they, they hate it don't they you know it's like players just hate it 
Yeah, not not to sound like a cliche, but they do. I mean, watching games isn't great, and I know watching on on iFollow, which we'll come on to later, is probably worse. But um, yeah, watching it, it, it is not great, and the players have picked up loads, kind of in passing, in general conversation that. His times from as little as a throw-in when they just need a little bit of uh, of a lift to the last five minutes of the game when they need a goal. It, you know, it, I think they didn't realise how much did miss it. You know, um, with fans not being there, so you know, from from top to bottom at the football club, it, it, it you know, it, it's highlighted ever more that that fans are the absolute um, most important part of uh, of any success. You know, on a pitch. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, uh, for me, watching those games, it feels like you're having a meal, but it hasn't been seasoned, right? It's just, it's not, it's not yeah. quite, it's not no, quite there. It's just, the right just, some, just something missing that, you, you, yeah. yeah, and you and you know what's missing, but you still can't get it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> do you guys, um, do you have sort of a rough, a rough estimate of what this period has cost the club or how it's affected the club in that way? Uh, we, yeah, we do. Um, uh, it, yeah, it's it's millions. Um, it, it's very difficult to put a precise number on it, um, you know, because I think um, so much of this is dynamic at the moment, and uh, you know, the, I think this is probably the right juncture to me, me on behalf of the board and everybody working at the club just to thank everyone and thank the supporters thank you all for for, for buying your season ticket and um and especially the low numbers of refunds that we had really really has helped us you know that, that this is the one thing here that you know that if if people got this uh, disenchanted with the product that we're trying to deliver for them uh, you know, and, and felt that, you know, they were um, disenfranchised with, with the, the deal they've got from Luton Town Football Club, um, it it will have an impact on us. And, and I'm, this is not no form of emotional blackmail or anything, it's just reality. And, and so I apologise for, for, for exposing this, but it, it, um, I have to put our plea to say, please, you know, consider your season ticket as your, your membership of loyalty at the moment. And um, because... It's that loyalty that it's very rare that we um, we take advantage of your loyalty as supporters. I think this is one time where we probably have no choice but to, uh, because it is keeping us not. You know what? And with with the way we operate things here, it's not just keeping us afloat. If if Luton Town is afloat, we're efficient. We you know we operate really really well um, under that kind of pressure and um, and. And it puts us in a really great place in comparison to many other clubs that are carrying already an awful lot of debt, that are carrying too many players, carrying too many staff, really struggling, you know, to uh, to deal with the day-to-day operational side. We we actually put ourselves, you know, above others in terms of performance. Um, and, and so, you know, just surviving for us isn't just surviving. It's actually thriving. We're thriving on this at the moment, but we do need that loyalty to continue. So apologies for asking that. We do. Okay, let's, um, let's kind of move on a little bit. I mean, 
it was important to sort of dispel the myth that you had no plan. I mean, obviously you did. We knew that as a trust, but it was important to hear from you guys that there was a plan in place. It just wasn't logistically workable in time to get fans in for Saturday. So you've kind of explained that for the immediate future, we're all away from the stadium. So it it came to light before the Barnsley game, Gary, uh, on Saturday, that there will be no BBC Three Counties radio commentary at the moment. Can you just shed a little bit of sort of meat on that bone for us? I, uh, I mean, uh, Paul's dealing with with this uh, for, for us, but um, on the uh, bottom line is that you know we we need the income at the moment, and um, and you know the BBC wants to pay less than they're in, they've paid in previous years, and um, and we weren't in a position to to, to simply roll over and you know have our tummy tickled like that really at the moment. So. Uh, Paul can probably give you a bit of an update on where we are with it, but I, I don't think it's fair to, you know, it's a commercial arrangement between us and the BBC. I apologise on behalf of the club for all supporters that um, that rely on the service, but you know, we really do need to keep that income going at the moment. I, I, I've got a board to report to, um, who, who, you know, for every penny that uh, that we don't see come in through the normal channels effectively i've got to go to you know to those that that board there and i've got to ask for the money from them and so um i've got those guys who who have been fantastic you know i I think literally if you paint it like that i either get the money from the bbc or i go and get go and ask my board to to put in more money um put you know in their deeper pockets and, and you know and give it to us when actually through coronavirus they're they're struggling as well with their you know with their businesses. So um so I think we 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 owe them and we owe um we owe the club and ourselves just to defend our position on that. Paul you you got anything yeah, to add? It, it, the, the way it fell down, Kev was it was when, when we canvassed the other clubs in the championship, the offer that we got from the BBC was obviously less than last year, less than the five previous years, um, it, you know, it, it was kind of set up Championship League One, League Two, what we'd get. So it, it was significantly less. And like I said, when we canvassed other clubs, our our drop wasn't in proportion with any other local um, BBC um, radio station. So uh, a lot of clubs and more than half hadn't had a drop. We understood it. it it's, it's a local agreement. Um, so we felt that you know the, the the certainly the last three seasons with two promotions and a last day uh, survival against Blackburn in the league was was value for money, um, and the important bit of, of you know we need every bit of income and it, and it wasn't it wasn't we didn't feel it was fair and in proportion um, to other clubs other championship clubs so we kind of we, we stood our ground and. and, and you know, we 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 asked them to come in and have a face to face or a telephone discussion, and, and that took longer. You know, the, the ball certainly wasn't in our court on that. I'm not just throwing blame all on three counties, but you know, sometimes over email it, it isn't the best. We asked for a, an open and honest discussion, and that took a lot longer um, for them to come back and and offer dates. And, and we've had that discussion yesterday morning. Um, we've had a further discussion uh, today, and, and we're really, really close and, ho- and and hopeful for Saturday. Not not concrete, but we're really we were a lot closer after an hour's conversation yesterday than we were uh, 
over 10 emails going back and forth. So we are really, really close to, to getting it done. Um, can't promise, but you know we're a lot further on, and you know we want it. We want three counties in. It's, it was never a, a, an argument that we didn't want them in. They do a fantastic job um, at keeping our supporters informed. So, so when we wanted to continue that and build on the on the relationships we've got over the last three years, we've had some real good times over the last three years. You know, and, they, and they've been a massive part of that. So, yeah, we're really close, and, and we're hoping that we can get something done for for, for Saturday. Yeah, I'm sure a certain cup tie next week will speed up the process from their side of uh, <laughs> yeah, proceedings. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely, yeah. I, I know some fans have said it's greed, and, and you know, it, it honestly wasn't. It's not greed. We're not asking for any more. We're not, you know, uh, we just want it to be in proportion with what other clubs are taking and, and keep some consistency um, across the board, which I know is difficult because it's a local agreement, but you know there's got to be some crossover that you know we, we want some consistency and we, and we don't want to just take the first offer which was evidently meant to be the last offer which is which is obviously significantly changed so um you know we, we're doing our best for the obviously the finance of the football club but and also you know yeah we do want we do want the fans to be able to have that option to listen to to, to the games and actually, of course, in light of, um, you know, just to balance it all out for most of the thing that it is a club problem, actually, we give three counties an awful lot of listeners on that match day. Then, uh, you know, so it's it's not just they do us a favour, we do them an enormous favour as well. Uh, I want to move on, though. I want to move on to I follow in particular, because obviously that's the general source, particularly for season ticket holders uh, in, the, in the matches to come. Hopefully, Touchwood, it's not too many more. Um, I'm going to bring in the communications manager at the club, Ed Smith, who's um, joined us in the last few minutes. Ed, thanks for giving some of your time. Can I just ask you initially how happy you and the club are with iFollow as a service? It's uh, great to be here, hi everyone. Um, I mean, in general, as a service, um, you know, I think it's fair to say that we're very, very happy with iFollow. Um, it provides a service that we would find incredibly difficult to deliver ourselves, especially post-COVID in terms of logistically setting up equipment, uh, you know, for camera footage, production values. Um, you know, we're lucky to have Simon uh, as a commentator, but the, the actual logistics of, of being able to deliver a service anywhere near the quality of iFollow ourselves would be uh, very, very difficult. Not impossible, of course, but... Um, very expensive and logistically tricky. Um, so to have the support of the EFL Digital who look after um, the production of iFollow, uh, as well as many other digital aspects of, of what we do, including the website, you know, it's it's a good deal. Um, so, you know, the, when it works properly, as it did for the best part of last season and um, what have you, it really is a fantastic service. Um, I think it's also easy to forget that actually it's come on quite a long way in the last two seasons. I think it's only two seasons ago that we had one camera footage uh, and we didn't have Simon's commentary in parallel with that. So, um, Someone said that's a good thing though. <laughs> <laughs> well, most people seem to enjoy it. I don't know if he's still listening or not. Simon, are you still there? <laughs> um, so... You know, in in general, 
general terms, I think it's brilliant. And that's without even touching on, you know, the financial side of it, which, I mean, you know, Gary's obviously talked a lot about, you know, before I came on and what have you. And uh, it really has, I think, you know, been a lifeline, not just for the club in terms of the finances, but also for the supporters, you know, being able to actually see a game uh, with decent production values for camera footage, commentary, replays, in-game graphics, you know, it, they, the service is as close to, you know, well, it's very similar to, to, to Sky um, from that point of view. So, uh, you know, obviously recently there's, there's been issues over the years, there's been issues and um, that's never great uh, from our point of view. Obviously it's incredibly frustrating for supporters, uh, you know, even more so. Um uh, and you know we 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 work very very closely with um, with the EFL Digital. I mean, I actually sit on a digital working group. I have done for the last four or five seasons, um, where you know we've worked very closely to try and iron out these things. Um, you know the technical aspects that we've experienced issues with over the last couple of games. You know they're, they're not it's not acceptable. You know we don't accept it as a club. Um, we as you know, as you'd know we have no control whatsoever. Uh, on people's accounts so if people are having login issues or if, you know if they're having technical issues with their devices and what have you you know unfortunately we we have to rely on on uh, EFL digital and, and the iFollow team to to follow up on those and to to get them working and you know there have been things over the last you know since the beginning of this season that haven't been as smooth as they should have been and uh, and you know we are working working closely with uh, Russ and Alex and others at the EFL Digital to, to get those right as soon as they possibly can. I think it's fair to say that we're fully aware of all, all the issues that people are having, by the way. And, and we've we've reached out to a number of those people via social media to to try and get some further intelligence on on what the issues are. Because the more we more knowledge we've got of that, um, the better the feedback we can provide to the EFL, and more we can and more quickly we can improve the product. The product will improve. Absolutely will improve, but it's been a godsend actually. You know, the, the, the foresight, you know, the f- football league had three, four, four years ago, I think, when all this was, was set up and, you know, clubs were, were um, voted in favour of, of investing in this, in this product. I think it's, it's, been, it's been fantastic foresight, you know, not that they knew that a virus was coming along, but it, it's, been, it's been a real godsend in that respect. We obviously wish it was it was a little bit more fail safe and um, and a little bit more reliable. But there are, I think, it's fair to say, when you look into the problems, there's they, they tend to be batched into two or three two or three um, sort of sections. There's there's the login details, um, whether that's you know the wrong code or, or um, hasn't been helped by the upgrade of the app recently on the mobile, but which caused a lot a lot of the issues. But hopefully that's going to die down now. But the login issues. And then there's there's a buffering issue, and a lot of the time the buffering issues are are often down to um, the device people are using, um, the access point um, at their homes with, with broadband or the local exchange, which again is difficult to um, for us to manage um, through the, the the product we're, we're delivering. You know, um, uh, I think there are technical ways on how how they can they can overcome that over time. You know. Uh, but a lot of the issues are, are sometimes issues that you, you may well get with with any other product. So, um, and to give you an idea right now, I mean, we've, we've, you've got the Premier League debating, you know, streaming amongst their own clubs at the moment because they don't have a product. 
they, they you know their supporters aren't seeing anything at the moment. So um, so we you know for once it's not often we've got um, a bit of one-upmanship over the Premier League, but we have in this case. But we are absolutely aware of the issues, and we're doing everything we possibly can to help the football league understand them, and and so we can improve the products and overcome them. Um, and we we're now having quite a few people on hand on a Saturday morning, um, trying to just make sure that that we communicate um, for people to you know to log on earlier to to make sure that their their codes are the, the right codes the day before or whatever, just so they don't have as many issues going down the line, you know. And and, and so we've got a lot of people now, almost like an IT you know IT phone line actually in some some respects. So we, we are really doing everything we possibly can to help people have, have an efficient, smooth service. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, to be fair, I don't suppose sort of six months ago, to be fair to um, iFollow and EFL, they expected so many users having to be on iFollow all at one time. I mean, from my point of view, the buffering issues, I mean, just kick the wife off Netflix and it will start working again. I'm absolutely sure. Um, Gary, just before you leave, Pretty much it, isn't it? I mean, to be fair, the wife and the kids should be watching the football anyway, but um, get rid of them off Netflix. That will work. Gary, just before we go, um, well, I can't have you here and not get your word on the start of the season. Three wins, two in the cup, one in the league. Um, What have you made of that? And just talk to us how excited you are as a football fan about the week ahead, particularly those two games, Manchester United and a certain derby that we've not had for a while. Listen, I don't really give a damn about Tuesday. Uh, I'm looking for next week, weekend. To be honest, uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, the start's been brilliant. I mean, we 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 had the intent, and we sat down at the beginning of the window with Nathan and, and uh, Mick and everyone, of, of, and Paul was involved and others. You know, where we said, look, what what is it we need? You know, and, and it's it's that old adage of let's build at the back, let's build from the back, let's let's make sure that our defence was was um, was more solid and we weren't as leaky and 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 we had a bit of depth in there. So we've 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 changed that and um, we've added um, we've added strength and added talent in that area. And I think you know look now we've got two clean sheets and um, uh, you know and, and all we need to do now is nick a goal, not necessarily get four to win. You know so. It's, uh, I think, and that's where we're going to see the improvement. So we're just going to be a bit more of a solid unit. And as we, you know, as we grow and learn and develop and and, and through the season, we'll actually get a little bit more creative up front as well. And, and, you know, a lot of people are saying, why didn't we add up top? Actually, you see Danny Hilton's performance on on, um, on Tuesday night at, at Reading, you know, um, he was a bit scared to shoot on a couple of occasions, but other than that, his contribution to the game was was magnificent. And you know, he, he so he he's like a new player because he's come back after a, a long injury. Um, he's fit as he, as he ever has been. And um, and and you know, if you just go back to a couple of years when we played up at Newcastle, uh, you know, he was the best player on the pitch. So he is of championship standard. I mean, we we've got absolute faith in in the, in the squad we've got right now. Um, we may add one to it, uh, and, and the, the next thing for us is really to add some numbers into that um, that under twenty one category, that, that group slightly below. So when we become an EPP two academy and we can play in the games program, um, which will now unfortunately be hopefully next year, so twenty uh, you know twenty one twenty two season. Uh, when that happens, so we're, we're adding a, f- a couple of players at that level. That's where our investment's coming, and, and hopefully one or two of those within twelve months may well be ready for to, to knock on the door of the first team too. Mm. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. The future certainly on the pitch is looking fantastic. You mentioned there that we don't need to score four goals to win a game. But if you want to tell Nathan and the boys to do that next Saturday, none of us are going to complain. <laughs> Any comments there on what, what are anyway. thoughts on the season? Oh, it's been fantastic. And, and it, 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 there wasn't that much of a break from last season. So um, it, it, it's kind of ro- almost seems like it's all rolled into one. But, uh, you know, the, the, the spirit was never bad at the training ground um, throughout last season. But it, it, it's such a, um, a buoyant, you know, happy, um, bubbling place at the minute. It's, it's, it's a real good atmosphere to, to go around, you know, and, and, um, and be involved in. So the, the, the players are really, you know, happy, fit, confident. Nathan, the same and, and preparing them well. And yeah, it, it's a good, it feels a bit like the, that, that start of the League One season again, where that, you know, there's a little bit of steel in their eye going, you know, we know what this is about here and, and we're a confident group and they've all been through, you know, a, a lot together, a lot of them players and there's a real trust amongst the group that you can just see um, and, and, you know, the, there's a team there that I'm sure speak for everyone that everyone's, you know, quickly very, you know, becoming proud of, you know, it, it, to, to maintain that championship status again and, and, and kick on, you know, it's a real team with grit and typically a, a looting team again, you know, working hard and and and, and entertaining, you know. It's, it's, it's but, a real entertaining team. Yeah. And and I, I think actually that's the point, you know, one one thing that we, we've got over a lot of other other sides is is, you know, you look at um Watford squad that we're going to face next year. They've got twice the number of players that we have, you know. And uh, you look at a number of other clubs in in the Championship who, who are just overloaded with players. We've, you know, by keeping that a neat number, really makes it tight and makes you know creates this this um, this sort of um, camaraderie camaraderie within within the group. And it's it's, it's such a positive point place to be at the moment for that reason. Um, and look, you know, we can't. Let this go without mentioning Nathan, can we? I mean, he, he uh, um, you know, we um, we've got to be really grateful for, for what he gave us for the nine games last season. But actually, you know, that wasn't the only reason. He said then wasn't the only reason why we 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 brought him back. I think he was the only man that could have saved us from from relegation. He did that, and um, and we've now got momentum. So we're we're um, we're doing okay under Nathan, and, and we're we're delighted he is there. Yeah, I think as fans, the beauty of this club is it thrives when nobody really knows exactly what it can achieve. And you kind of get that feeling right now about us on the pitch this season. You know, the last season, you kind of felt there was a limit that fourth or fifth from bottom was the ceiling. But under Nathan, it's kind of a little bit of belief that who knows what we can achieve. And it's going to be fantastic over the next sort of nine months to watch it all play out. And um and see exactly what happens, whether that's listening three counties, watching on iFollow, or hopefully, please, please God, some of us can get inside that stadium as soon as possible. And um, chaps, really appreciate your time. No problem. Thank you Thank so you. much. We pride ourselves on the voice as on being the voice of the fans. So rather than skate around the issues, we thought we'd come straight to you guys uh, to get the official verdict. And really appreciate your time on giving us that. And uh, all the best in sorting out all of these plans going forward. And uh, we look forward to getting back into that stadium as soon as we can. Yeah, look, we we are we're ready. You know, we're ready to receive people. We can't wait to to, to bring all our supporters, all our friends, 
you know, back into the stadium and, and, uh, and, you know, we're doing everything possible we can, we can to, to achieve that as soon as we possibly can. So, um, stay with us and thanks for your understanding over the past couple of days. Sorry, there's been a little bit of miscommunication here and there, whether it's from us or, or the football league or whoever. Um, but I think it, you know, this is a time where now we've just got to have a bit of patience with each other uh, and, um, you know, kind of go with the flow and, and let's see where it, it ends up because it won't be a bad place, I'm sure. Absolutely. Right. Sounds like a brilliant place to leave it. Thanks, everyone. Okay. And uh, we'll catch you again guys. soon. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Take care. Cheers.